been in front of you. And um, this is one of those teachings that uh, is about life. Life eternal, life everlasting, life itself. As they say in Fiddler on the Roof, Lahayim, right? And um, today, Bruce has always said that coming up here before people, you know, this is a test run of what we teach sometimes, and, and this is a test run today for me, so I'm going to need your constructive criticism, not your criticism afterwards, um, because whenever, and Silas, you're going to get this twice, because when we go to camp, I'm going to be preaching this probably not as long-winded, so, um, but still, I'm going to be um, teaching the kids about Lahaim. That's the focus of camp this year, is Lahaim, life, to life. Um, so, as I began to study for today's teaching and for the youth camp that we have coming, and the focus is life, I began to gain knowledge and understanding of what God's Word has said and set up that I had questions all my life about, which was helpful. I love studying God's Word because something always new comes from it, and we keep growing in it. Amen? So, I know that the, the passage is from John 11, but let's start all the way back at the beginning of Genesis 2 and look and see where life started. And in Genesis 2, it says in verse 7, For men and women, then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. This is... A little bit in contrast to what it says in um, chapter one twenty-five. it says, God made the beast of the earth after their kind, and the cattle after their kind, and everything that creeps on the ground after its kind, and God saw that it was good. Okay, so there in chapter one twenty-five, we see God, He created the beast, right? Just like He created man. But there is a difference. There is a difference. And you know me, I always bring illustrations. And my daughters let me all the time use their horses. So God created horses, right? And here they are. They're going to stand before us today for several different reasons. And I'll use them as illustrations as we go. God created these horses. But He didn't breathe life into them, did He? In chapter 2, verse 7, it says, God breathed life, breathed into His nostrils the breath of life. Wow, pretty amazing. Just the life. He created man, and I can see it now. Adam's just laying there, and God's like, wow, that's amazing. But the Jewish people have taught me, those who I've been around, that's the difference. God breathed life into them. They believe that is the nephish, the nephish, the soul was breathed into man at that point. Lahaim, right? And so, that is such a great thing to, to be different than the animals when God breathed into us. And so, I wanted to play. Let's see if I... I don't know if I can. How many of you are aware of Fiddler on the Roof? How many of you have seen that movie? Yeah. 
Okay, so most of you. So you, you should be familiar with this uh, lovely song, and I'll play just a clip of it. I can't sing, so that's why I play the video and the song, right? You're welcome. So it's to life. That's why we're here, for Him. As we move forward, I don't know about you, but I always wondered, where in the Torah does it talk about eternal life? Does it? I never could find it, but it does. And I turn to Genesis 2, 8 through 9. We're not moving chapters. But in chapter, or verse 8, says, The Lord God planted a garden toward the east, we know it as Garden of Eden, in Eden. And there he placed the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground, the Lord God caused to grow every tree that is pleasing to the sight of the of the sight and good for food, the tree of life, one tree, tree of life. Also in the midst of the garden, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. <clears throat> we all know in this story what happens. They eat from the tree that God told them not to eat. Nowhere in this passage, as I've been in studies with some of the rabbis, Nowhere in this passage does it say not to eat from the tree of life. But it does say, don't eat from this tree of good and evil. God knew, right? We want our children, we instruct our children, don't do this. They may not know why. But don't grab that hot pan. It could burn you. Just don't, I don't need to give you an explanation. Just follow my rules. Well, let's move on to... Um, same chapter or different chapter, Genesis three twenty two through twenty four. We see the two trees playing a difference here. <clears throat> and in three twenty two, it says, "The Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us.' Uh oh. Now he knows the difference, knowing good and evil, and now he might stretch out his hand." And take also from the tree of life. Why would that be a problem? Why would that be a problem? And eat and live forever. That's a problem, right? Now, as I was reading this and going over this with Carrie yesterday, she knew where I was heading. You might know where I'm heading too. But if Jesus is pictured as the living rock, Why can we not picture Jesus as the living tree? The tree of life. Therefore the Lord God sent him out from the Garden of Eden, because he couldn't take of that other tree to cultivate the ground from which he was taken. So he drove... Okay. So there we have it. Tree of life right there. Eternity. There's another piece right here at the next passage I'll read in a minute. I always wondered, whenever... God sent them out of the garden. Think about this. What is your picture? Did, did the angels protect the garden? That was always my understanding. The pictures I saw, you're out, you can't come back in. The next verse points to something different than I even thought. So he drove the man out 
And at the east of the Garden of Eden, he stationed the cherubim and the flaming sword, which turned every direction to guard the way to what? The tree of life. It wasn't about the garden. It was about the tree of life. The man had taken from the tree of good and evil. Right? So, here you go. You have some fruit from the tree. I know corn is grown on a stalk, but that's what my kids found. And so they took from that. And if you think about it, it was that extra tree. I wish they would have taken from the tree of life because we'd be living, there would be no, no sorrow. But they, they took from the tree that God told them not to. Okay. So, where else is this pointed out for us? In John. In, in the book of John, we see Christ himself say he is the resurrection and the, he is the resurrection and the life. Lahaim. So, John 11, 25 through 26. Now, Lazarus is dead. His sisters are mourning. They're crying. If you would have been here, they've seen him heal people. May have never seen him raise somebody from the dead. They have hope in, in resurrection. And Jesus said to his sister, I, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I have believed that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, even he who comes into the world. She believes in Lahaim. She knows. She says yes. But she's still focused on this life. Right? As we know, Jesus goes on. And he shows them how he is the resurrection. And he raises Lazarus from the dead. Now, is there a difference between... I'm going to give you an example now. Is there, as we move forward, I'm going to be talking about eternal life and the actions that come out of us when we believe and we follow the Messiah for life. Now, is there a difference between this horse... And this horse. They both want to be racehorses. They really do. And yes, my daughters would say one's brown, one's black. But, if if God said you're both going to be racehorses, and they're both really happy, and God gives us the tree of life and eternal, I'm not going <clears> to... <throat> what do you think they need to do to become racehorses? Do they need to practice what God says? Do, do we just take from the tree of life and say, yes, this is amazing. I'm just going to sit here and do nothing and have no trust in Him. Or does our faith put into practice action? Does the Word of God teach us what to do once we come to the faith? Or do we just sit here and hope, like these horses, that I become a racehorse? I don't know. You know, it's funny to me as well about life. I always hear, there's no book on raising children. That's a bunch of malarkey, especially if I hear it in a church. It's right here. This teaches us how to raise our children. We just had 
Andy and Carissa come up here and dedicate their child. That taught us in the scripture. This is the, the pamphlet for the DMV, right? How to drive a car, this is how to do life. Let's look at this. What do we do when we actually get the fruit from the tree of life? Let's turn over in Luke, or you turn over to Matthew 10, but in Luke 14, it says, from Jesus' own mouth, from the tree of life itself, whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which one of you, which one of me, when he wants to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it. You hear it in churches all the time. They don't... It's really seeker-friendly. And they just want you to come to salvation, which salvation is free. Praise God, because I can't earn my own salvation. But I can earn rewards, and I can show that I am one of Christ's own believers and disciples by my actions. In Matthew 10, 38-39, Jesus also says this. <clears throat> and he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who has found his life. Wow, I found my life. But it says, we'll lose it. Your life here on earth will be lost. And he who has lost his life for my sake will find it. Kara talked today about the different contrast in believers and non-believers and the hope that we have. That's the difference. We have to give up our life here. We, do we think we're better than the disciples or Jesus? That we're not going to go through trials and tribulations if we're doing what He wants? Matthew 16 says something very similar. A little bit different. But something very similar. Matthew 16 from the Messiah also says in verse 24. Then Jesus said to his, to his disciples themselves, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Wow. The Messiah keeps on talking about losing your life. And what he's talking about is deny yourself. Interesting. Today's psychology, which I'm fully indoctrinated in, right? And I'm practicing in, tells me I have to watch out for myself first. Is that what the scripture says? No, it says i got to lose myself for others. For him in particular. Well, well... I'm praying, God, what what do you want me to do to practice? What do these horses need to do to become racehorses? Well, this one, this one here, says, I'm just going to stay here because they already said I'm going to become a racehorse. Now, this one says, I'm going to become a racehorse and I'm going to practice. And I'm going to go out every single day and I'm going to run the track. Okay? Well, for that, let's go on in Matthew 25. Matthew 25 lays out to us what we should be practicing. Matthew 25, 31 to 46. Jesus lays it out. 
Who's going to come back and judge us? Who's going to come back and see that we were doing the good deeds that He set before us? Jesus Himself, when His Father tells Him it's time to come back. And what's that mean? We need to be living the life that He set for us to practice. To life. 31 of chapter 25 of Matthew says, But when the Son of Man comes in His glory, and the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before Him. Wow, that's going to be a marvelous sight. He will separate them from one another. And on, as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, and he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on the left. I still can't figure out what that means quite. The sheep, goat, I don't know. I just want to be in your presence. <clears throat> and he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom. Prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I say, for I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord. So here we have the righteous. The people that are practicing, they... They don't see what he's talking about. They say, what? where did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and invite you in? Or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? The king will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. Then he will also say to those on his left, Depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. So I guess I don't want to be the goat, right? Because the goat's on that side. I want to be the sheep. For I, I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick, and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they themselves will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly, truly I say to you, that to the extent that you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. These will go away into eternal punishment, for the righteous into eternal life. There it is. That's what we need to be practicing. Here's a checklist. Are you feeding the hungry? Are you giving water to those who are thirsty? Are you seeing strangers that need your help and helping them? Do you see people that don't have any clothes that can use some clothes and helping them and f clothing them? Do you see the sick and visit them or in prison? I, ha I have checks by some of these and I'm like, okay, I I'm definitely making a checklist here because I want to be the horse that is over here and practicing what God has given me.
right? Because whenever Jesus comes, I don't want him to say, you weren't, you're, you're here, you have salvation, but you weren't doing what I said. James says it best in chapter 2, 14 to 17. What use is it, my brethren, if someone weighs, if someone weighs, he has faith. If someone has faith and he has no works, can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, hmm, says to them, hey, go in peace. I love Christ. I love you. But I'm not going to help you. Right? He goes on to say, go in peace, be warmed and filled, and yet do not give them what is necessary for their body. What use is that? Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. You have life. You've gotten the fruit. You have eternal promise. But you're just going to sit here. What is the purpose? Is it to eat this fruit and just sit there? What if, what if God gave you the fruit and you never decided to eat from it? You said, you know what, that looks really good. I think I'd rather just look at it. And what happens? If What happens to a piece of fruit if it just sits on your counter for a month? It becomes moldy. Does it start to shrivel after two months because it's not getting any water, right? What if the water that we're supposed to be drinking from Christ is by practicing those deeds? And that's how we get to be even better looking in His eyes. Because He's filling us and we're seeing the miracles that He is performing through us for others. That's life. I just ask you today, are you taking from the tree of life and doing anything with it? That's the true question. Are you practicing what Jesus put out for us to do and helping those in need? Are you clothing those who need clothing? Are you helping? There's so many different mission works out there with different churches. It's not just here at the Disciple Center. Help others that already have programs. Create a safe environment for your children to also participate in. Right, right now I'm not going to take my daughters to, to a prison to visit prisoners. But I do have connections to other congregations that go out and visit prisoners. So one day, that will be checked off of my list. Because I want to practice what He has set before me in the Scriptures. I want to live life to the fullest. Life that He has set before us. He tells us how to live it. It's time for us to start living life in such a way that we will see His hands upon us and His promises being fulfilled through us to bring others to Him as well. So remember, faith plus works equals life. Faith without no works will just make you shrivel away. You may enter into the kingdom, but you will not be fully given the rewards that He had for you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer.